I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Number 28, I am here. Um, it is Tuesday, like always, and I'm here with my co-host, Sam Carter. So let's get you started. we got a lot to talk about this week, including the NFL draft. Um, you know, a lot of some surprises, but a lot of the uh, expected. But we'll get you caught up on that. But first, let's get to our other sports segment, starting off with the MLB. And the Braves went 12-16 and 16 this week. They, I mean, excuse me. They are now 12-16 and 16 on the season. Uh, they continue to struggle. However, they're only two games out of their division lead, so uh, a lot of ground to make up. But um, just losing a lot of tight games, and uh, that's you know, that's a tough little swallow when you're losing, you know, in the clutch. Um, but our main topic for this other sports segment is in soccer this week. Uh, fans protest uh, the owners who are from America of uh, Manchester United by storming the field before the game, canceling their game against uh, Liverpool. So, Sam, I want to bring up this point of how much, like, ownership should the fans take when they feel that there's a problem? Obviously, Manchester United tried to join the Super League, and fans were like, why are they doing this? You know, this is terrible for the game. But how much authority do you think the fans should have in a situation like this? I think that the fans should hold majority of um, the ownership. I think that players should hold the next most, and then owners, of course, the least. Just because the f- the fans are what drives the revenue, so I think that um, if if you don't have the fans, then you don't have a team. So that's that's my view on that. Yeah, but what about like if you're making a product, right? Let's say I'm selling, you know, on iPhones, and Apple decides, you know what, we're taking off the back of the cameras. Is it the customer's right to? You know, say, you know, we don't want this. You have to change this. I mean, in reality, it's still a business. And the owners can do what they want. Obviously, you know, the fans protested and they got what they wanted. But, um, you know, not happy with the Americans. But, um, you know, there's a lot of turmoil right now, you know, in sports. Just with um, postseasons in general. You know, obviously college football is trying to work something out. Um, You know, the playing tournament. And the NBA's got a lot of criticism, you know. Obviously, hopefully, March Madness, across our fingers, uh, stays the same way that it's been. But um, you know, we're kind of in the stage of sports. We're trying to determine a champion, you know, in a somewhat different way. Um, because hey, I think this might be, you know, a little bit of a wacky way to determine, you know, who makes it to the postseason. Um, but that story is still developing. You know, it's been going on for weeks um, with the whole Super League situation. But, um, yeah, that is going to do it um, for this, you know, other sports segment. We'll have to do it at the start of every episode. Sam, any final thoughts on this uh, whole uh, situation? Nope. All right, and uh, coming up next, we're going to be giving you our uh, takes on the top ten picks uh, in the NFL draft, the Clemson draftees, the UNC draftees, uh, the Panthers picks, and the Steelers picks. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry into this uh, kind of awkward middle segment. Um, I'm set to report that we forgot <laughs> to talk about the Kentucky Derby when we were originally recording, but we are here and now to talk about it. So, Sam, we first ask you, did you watch the Kentucky Derby? I did. 
I did. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the weirdest sporting events in, um, you know, all the sports. You, know, you got the whole build up. You know, you watch it for like a forty-five minute time, and then just all happens, you know, in two minutes. Um, but Sam, do you cheer for one horse, or are you just, you know, there to watch it? Um, I I always have to pick the horse with the best name. Um, this year it was Soup and Sandwich. Yes, that was my horse. Soup and Sandwich. And he was a pretty horse too, so. Yeah, the only white one in the field, but, you know, he was like in, when they were like three quarters of the way there, he was like in, um, you know, like second place, but he fell back at the end. He didn't have the energy to finish. He came in last place. So, uh, unfortunate for Soup and Sandwich, you know, he, uh, he was actually he was sponsored by the um, Campbell's, um, you know, soup company. That guy who owns that like mm. owns the horse. That's why it's called Soup and Sandwich. But he came in last. Um, Medina Spirit, um, you know, at twelve to one odds, you know, wins it for Bob Baffert, his seventh. Um, you know, Kentucky Derby win, just incredible. You know, like like you know Tom Brady, you know. They actually had a thing before um, the race of him talking with Bill Belichick about winning six, but I guess he passed him up um, on Sunday. So, you know, very it was an exciting race overall. You know, I always, um, you know, feel like it's something that you kind of forget about until the day is there, but, you know, it's such a, uh, you know, a normal thing. You know, you don't really think about it, but, you know, not having it in May last year, it was nice to be back, you know, at this uh, at this time. But uh, Sam, any you know final thoughts before we get on to our uh, NFL draft segment? Nope. All right, that is going to do it, and we're going to send you over to uh, De- Sam and Dean uh, from the past talking about the NFL draft. All right, welcome back uh, with our NFL segment, and uh, you know. A lot went down uh, in this past week, obviously, with the NFL draft in Cleveland. Um, you know, it's always a long and tumultuous process. Um, just, you know, there's so many people to pick. And uh, But before we, you know, break it down a little bit, I'm just going to run through um, the top tw- 10 picks uh, of this draft. You got Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. That was pretty obvious. Uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets. Trey Lance going to the 49ers. Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons. Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, uh, reuniting him with Joe Burrow. Uh, Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. Penny Sewell to the Lions. J.C. Horn to the Panthers. Uh, Patrick Sertain, the second, going to the Broncos. And Devonta Smith going to the Eagles. And so, Sam, um, just tell us, you know, what is, what do you really, if you're telling a Jaguars fan, you know, as a Clemson fan, what are they getting out of Trevor Lawrence um, with this number one pick? Um, I would say that they're getting a guy that knows the game really well. Um, he tries hard, and he uh, he just has an attitude, and he's a winner. All right, and uh, moving down the list, you know, obviously, you know, the Bengals last year, you know, Joe Burrow. With the injury, you know, people are crying out, you know, drafting offensive linemen. How do you feel about, you know, reuniting um, Jamar Chase with, uh, you know, with Joe Burrow? Do you think that's going to work out well, or do you think that was a, uh, 
bit of a you know a token mistake you know just for some publicity um i don't know it could it could go either way honestly but um you haven't really seen too many players get reunited with uh old college players too often so i don't know we'll have to see how it works out but if i was an an lsu fan i'd definitely be excited about that all right, and uh, moving down, you know, you got the whole Jalen Waddle versus Devonta Smith talks. You know, obviously Devonta went ten and Jalen went six. You know, who do you feel? Obviously, you know, Devonta won the Heisman. Uh, he has said that if Jalen Waddle had played this year, that he thinks he would have won it. Uh, so, who would you uh, be taking right now if you were an NFL GM? Um. I don't know. I think I would probably go with Jalen Waddle just because of his size. He's a little bit bigger, and um, he's not as proven as Devontae Smith, but uh, he he certainly had great games before he broke his ankle. And uh, moving to the Panthers pick, J.C. Horn, you know, obviously, you know, we were in a group chat. I don't know what it was from. You know, we were, you guys were talking about this pick, um, you know, Obviously, you had a very negative reaction to this. You know, where's all that coming from? Um, well, I'd never heard this guy's name before. He's coming from South Carolina, bottom of the barrel SEC team. Um, I, I don't know what the appeal to this guy is. Um, like I said, I've never heard of him before. I don't know that a cornerback is really what the Panthers needed, although not a huge Panthers fan. Um, I feel like we draft a cornerback every single year, and then he plays for two years, does pretty good, and then they trade him away. So I don't know if this guy will be any different, but we'll see. All right, and uh, moving down, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence was drafted number one, but five players from Clemson were drafted, including Travis Etienne, who also went to the Jaguars. So, you know, Obviously, you know, we talked about the LSU, you know, reunion. You know, how is it going to be in Jacksonville with uh, those two in the backfield? Um, I think this is a little bit different than that LSU situation because Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are kind of making that leap or that uh, they're kind of getting situated together, whereas Joe Burrow has been in the league for a year and um, – and uh, Jamar Chase just – he didn't play this year. Um, I think that uh, – I think that I like this Jaguars situation a little bit better. And uh, will you become a Jacksonville Jaguars fan as uh, you are the bandwagon that you are? Um, it's certainly possible. Uh, but you never know. We'll, we'll have to see how they do, right? That's right. And uh, moving to the Tar Heels, they had uh, five picks in this draft, including Javante Williams and uh, Michael Carter, the running back duo that stomped all over Miami last year. Um, but I really expect Chess Red to do big things. You know, he's a little bit undersized. He came in actually as a quarterback and played a year there, but after making the transition to a uh, linebacker, he was just phenomenal. And he could just get so many tackles and, you know, just finish plays. You know, it felt like he was always kind of there, you know, not Luke Keekley esque I know Luke Keekley was, you know, a great player, 
but it feels like he's just all over the field, and I think he'll be, you know, a bit of a steal uh, for anybody, you know, who's, you know, going to get him, you know, down the line. Obviously, you know, if you're not in the first round, you know, you could be moving around, you know, trades happen, things like that. But uh, moving down to the Steelers draft picks, uh, Sam, anybody really jump off the page uh, for the Steelers? Uh, Najee Harris, definitely. Um, I'd say that he and Travis Etienne were one and two. Um, I think that it's a great pick. It's it's what the Steelers need, and he's a great player. He's big and fast and agile, so I think that that's what really jumps off the page. And what about Isaiah Loudermilk? Uh, Does he, just based off name alone, Jumping to your, you know, one of your favorite Steelers players. Loudermilk is a pretty unique last name. I would agree. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see if he's able to do big things. But he could definitely be up there. All right. And uh, I'm looking at the Panthers' picks. You know, J.C. Horn, unlike what Sam said, I think we needed a cornerback. You know, we were just starving for cornerbacks last year. And he's very physical. And you think about it, you know, you got to guard Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, you know, all those guys two games a year. So we need a physical cornerback, and he's going to bring that in. You know, day one, he's going to be guarding with the number one wide receivers. Um, you know, Chubba, Hubbard, obviously, give Mike Davis and uh, Christian McCaffrey some help. So, you know, I like the depth. I think this was a very solid draft. Nothing really was amazing or risky, which is kind of what we need. We've got to start building up. Obviously, you know, going with Sam Darnold uh, in the future, but um, a lot to look forward to next season. You know, something crazy like, you know, we're only four months away from the NFL season. It feels like we just had the Super Bowl, but, you know, that was a long time ago. But um, coming up next, we're going to be breaking down a bit of a uh, rough week for the Hornets. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. We are here with our NBA segment. Um, the Hornets, like I mentioned previously, had a rough week going 1-3. and three. They're now 31-33 and 33 overall, 8th in the Eastern Conference still. They beat the Pistons, but they lost uh, to the Bucks, Celtics, and Heat. So, you know, some tough teams there. You know, no surprising uh, wins or surprising losses. Uh, next week, they will play the Pistons, Bulls, Magic, and Pelicans. Uh, those are two teams who are eliminated from the playoffs and two teams who are uh, basically eliminated from the playoffs. So, you know, definitely... Looking to pick up four wins there. You never want to put that kind of pressure on yourself. But we got to take advantage now, you know, try to make a run. You know, it's still possible to get the sixth seed. It's going to be tough, you know, because we're three and a half games out of that. But, you know, there's still eight games to go. Uh, last two weeks of the season, Lamella Ball and Malik Monk returned this weekend. Um, he made some crazy passes in the uh, Pistons game. Um, but, you know, a lot to look forward to. The play-in tournament, uh, as I mentioned, will be two weeks from now. I think that's like the 17th of May. Um, I did not uh, put a player this week this week because, you know, it was really a team effort uh, all around. You know, we were really able to, you know, work the ball well in, when we had. And, you know, it was kind of it was kind of sluggish. I don't want to say, you know, it was terrible because we were playing good teams. But uh, the Hornets are kind of sluggish in all three of their losses. But, you know, plenty of time to pick it up, uh, you know, next week. 
Um, but look, take a look at the standings. The Nets, 76ers, and Bucks all clinched uh, their spot in the playoffs. You get the Knicks at the four, the Hawks at the five, the Heat at the six. The Celtics are half a game back of them at the seven. The Hornets are three and a half games back of them at the eight. The Pacers are four games back at the nine, and the Wizards are five and a half games back at the ten. Sam, what's going on out west? So in the west, the Jazz, Suns, and Clippers have all clinched a spot in the playoffs. The Nuggets hold the fourth spot, the Mavericks in the fifth, and the Lakers in the sixth spot. The Blazers are currently tied with the Lakers for that sixth spot. The Grizzlies at three and a half games behind the Lakers. The Warriors at four games behind the Lakers. And the Spurs at four and a half games behind the Lakers. All right, and uh, the big another big story, you know, obviously Lamelo Malik Monk returned uh, was LeBron James. He was back uh, in action against the Kings, uh, but he missed a game winner and he had some pretty poor games. And the Lakers are now, you know, as Sam mentioned, tied for sixth. And you know, LeBron, you know, asked for the people who made up the playing tournament to be fired. You know, obviously there's a lot of turmoil there. You know, the Lakers are eight and fourteen in the last twenty two games. Sam, if uh, I know you're not a Lakers fan, but if you are a Lakers fan, uh, should you be worried? Um, I don't know because uh, LeBron is kind of a playoff player. Um, I think that you kind of just have to hope for the best and win and win the games that you can. Um, but yeah, I'd be a little bit worried. I completely agree with you, but you know the sixth spot is notorious for being difficult because your most likely path is to play the three seed, the two seed, then the one seed, and uh, that could be a gauntlet. I think the Clippers, Suns, and Jazz, and even the Nuggets could take the Lakers to seven games or beat them. So you know, going through that gauntlet of you know the Western Conference is just going to be tough. And you know, when you're an older team like that, you know, playing that many games can really wear down on you. So they got to, you know, get hot quick or, or else it's going to be just such a tough road ahead uh, to defend the championship. But, you know, as Sam said, you know, LeBron's a playoff player, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, not the greatest to ever do it, but uh, surely, you know, if he's in it, uh, his team's got a chance. Uh, but that is going to wrap up episode number 28 of Cordon Lowry. Sam, any final thoughts on this uh, Lakers situation? Nope. All right, man.